0: Hey, good evening guys. Welcome to Bethel Radio Hour. I missed you last week. Uh, yes. I was in the middle of a, a record-breaking work day for myself, so I, uh, I apologize for not being here. I what missed was the record? Uh, 18 hours of yeah. like, non I thought maybe patient number. No, <laughs> no, just, just in hours and without A bunch breaks. of people ate
1: Kane's chicken and had to go get their <laughs> I It must out. have been the Kane's
0: chicken. <laughs> had to be it. Uh, we started shooting
1: shoot across the bow first thing. Uh, Oh, man, I I
0: do miss it when I'm not here, and uh, I'm going to dip into my notes from last week because I I feel really bad that I I didn't get to share, and Ben, I just don't trust that you told him everything (laughs) I (laughs) shouted at you while I was running back into the hospital. I
2: did quote Tara several times. Yes,
3: he did. Mm -hmm. Yes, he did. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So um,
0: we are continuing on in uh, John chapter three tonight. We've been walking through the life of Jesus, and we are at the beginning of his ministry at this point. Um, and we will be discussing uh, kind of two topics of the three tonight are going to be surrounded on Nicodemus visiting Jesus. Um, but before we dig in too much, we're going to do um, a little study on who Nicodemus was. Um, to start out, I'll just read. John chapter three, verse one, and it says, now there is a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who is a member of the Jewish ruling council. And so we'll just stop right there. So Nicodemus was, the first thing it says is he was a Pharisee. So, um, and I can, I'm thinking of like all the little childhood rhymes and songs we sing in there as, I don't want to be a Pharisee because they're not Pharisee. (laughs) Remember that? Uh, and uh, What is a Pharisee? Like, tell us, what would a Pharisee, if we were back in the day, what would that have looked like?
2: What would that have looked like? What was a Pharisee? There's very little that we have in way of our legal system that would match what they were doing. They were a theocracy. They were ran by God and his laws. And so the Pharisees and the Sadducees... Uh, which I believe made up the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin, and, and that's a question you've got to... It's my understanding that the Sanhedrin was essentially, again, the ruling class. Uh, and and the reason for that is because the children of Israel were started by God. You know, starting with Abraham and going down that lineage. And then you get to um, Jacob, uh, Israel, and Israel has... 12 boys, and so those 12 tribes become Israel, and Israel is a theocracy. They're quote-unquote ran by God. Well, you know, you still have to have some human uh, parentage there, and so, like I say, the the Pharisees and Sadducees became that religious-slash-ruling class. These are also the rabbis. And, and, and we've talked about this before, that that 400-year period between Malachi and Matthew was where they royally got off track.
0: They messed it up.
2: They messed it up because it went from the Ten Commandments to the 200-and-something positive rules and the 400-and-something negative rules. You know, when it came to the Sabbath, you know, God said, Thou shalt keep the Sabbath holy. Well, they had rules upon, them, rules upon, them, rules upon, rules. You couldn't walk farther than an eighth of a mile. You know, and, that, and that's a guess on my part. I don't remember what the exact – you couldn't cook a meal on the Sabbath, on a Saturday You night. couldn't
0: eat an egg unless right. it was uh, a chicken that you would had prepared another day. I mean right. it was, you had prepared on Friday. I came across a few of the rules, and they were just – Unbelievable. Uh, and nothing anybody could keep, nor did God intend them to right. keep it this way. So this was essentially a group of guys that they were the religious – pentacle, if you they will. Were. like they, if They the, were the leaders.
2: They were the religious leaders. And the
3: brokers of religion, too. Right. You yeah. couldn't come to God unless you went through them.
0: And truth be told, they weren't necessarily keeping all these rules themselves. No. They were just acting like they were. So... Um, Jesus blasts them in Matthew 23, and I don't know, I'm just going to read a few of it, I won't read all, but in Matthew chapter 23, um, repeatedly, Jesus says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees! You hypocrites! You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces! You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to, woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you travel over the land and sea to win a single convert, and when you succeed, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you, uh, and he goes on, you hypocrites, you teacher, You uh, Pharisees, you give a tenth of your spices, but you neglect the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness, you blind the leaders, you blind guides, you strain out an ad and swallow a camel, I mean, he just, bl- I mean, for verse after verse after verse, I mean, he is just I, I gather his relationship with the Pharisees was not good. If, you, if it, it just was, was a good girl. before
2: that, it wasn't after that. It wasn't, because he started yeah.
3: in the Sermon yeah. on the Mount. He yeah. said, except yeah. your righteousness shall right. exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no wise enter in the kingdom of heaven. He started the end around of the Pharisee monopoly on religion and relationship with God with the Sermon on the Mount. Started teaching people, you can have a relationship directly with God, and it's going to require righteousness that far exceeds the scribes and the pharisees so he he fired the shot in the sermon on the mount
2: no doubt and you know you think about it even in our culture today when someone hears the word pharisee what do they think of a hypocrite i mean i mean it's synonymous well that wasn't the case in jesus day In, in in jesus day the pharisees were about as high you know, I mean, they were—they were, they were it. They—they they, they were the Socially judges, respected. right? They were—they they were, they well, were they the were,
0: rulers. They were wealthy. They yeah, were they the educated. They bet. were the teachers. They were—they
2: were the people to look to. They—you wanted to be like them, type thing.
1: Well, and in that time, knowledge was power. Oh, no doubt. So they just far exceeded a hundred times right. the knowledge of the people. So yeah.
2: And, and one thing I want to say too, guys, is that because Nicodemus, I think, gives us a window into. Because if we're not careful, we, we just assume that, well, they're all no good. They're, you know, it's kind of, you know, they're all politicians, you know. Well, no, there, there were some of them that truly were Pharisees, but they weren't Pharisaical, you know. And, and, and they, they had gone that path because they were seeking God. They just were deceived, you know, and, and they were lost uh, and, and the such. And so they believed everything they had been told for the last 400 years. And they were as lost, as one preacher would say, as a ball in high weeds. And they they didn't know it. They thought they were saved. They thought that if anybody's going to heaven, Nicodemus is, you know, type thing.
0: And so Nicodemus was part of the Sanhedrin. Correct. um, Which in doing a little research, they they estimate that was a ruling council of about 70 men. And if the Pharisees were here, the Sanhedrin was like... Right. I picture it, and I could be off, but if it was like a modern-day Catholic, they would have been the people in the Vatican. They would have been the ones. Right. They would have. They're right. they're at the pinnacle, the apex of their career. If you're in the Sanhedrin, you're a super big deal. So Nicodemus was one of the biggest deals going, right? And religiously at that time.
2: So the Pharisees and the Sadducees could be compared to our lawyers, and then the Sanhedrin were the judges. You know, they, they, they were the guys, again, to, to go to. The Supreme to. Court. They were the, the Supreme yeah. Court, you bet. Uh, they, they, well, and, and the Bible even calls uh, Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews, you know. So, so he, he, was, he was a big deal. So, Jesus called him that.
3: Yeah. You're a leader in Israel and you don't Well, know but this?
2: I mean, verse one, chapter 3, verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And yes, Jesus, uh, you know, supported that as well.
0: And so if he was so knowledgeable, he would have known something about the kingdom of God, perhaps something about the 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 Messiah. The Messiah, the prophecies. Um, So he would have absolutely known that a Messiah was coming. Um, But knowledge is not necessarily salvation. Knowledge is not necessarily going to get him into the kingdom. I think that's part of his problem here.
2: Well, an interesting note, too, as I uh, studied this. The Sadducees were, if you will, the heretical side of these guys, and the Pharisees were the, in quotations, the biblical side. They believed in a resurrection of the dead. Uh, They believed in a Messiah uh, and such of that nature. And so even though, again, they struggled innately with hypocrisy, they were closer to Jesus' doctrines than the the Sadducees were.
3: And should have known. That Jesus known. was the Messiah.
0: Um, what would his weaknesses have been? At this point, if you're just reading through this, um, and it says in the next chapter, verse three, uh, excuse me, chapter three, verse two, uh, he came to Jesus at night. Right. So, right there, he's recognizing something's going down here.
2: Well, okay, so another author put it this way, and I've heard this all my life, is that he was scared, and I, th- I think that you can see that. Uh, and, and he was basically trying to be a secret believer and the such. But there, the, but there's also another side of that. Jesus had already started being pretty popular, and he wanted to go have a one-to-one conversation with him. So he went at a time that Jesus, you know, because you know, even though, you know, when when you become a a rock star again in quotations, um, you're going to have some downtime. I mean, even the fans get tired and go home, and so. Uh, this guy's opinion, it was uh, J. Vernon McGee, was that Nicodemus wasn't going to try to hide anything. He was going at a time that he thought he could really get just a one-on-one audience. Now, whether that's accurate, you know, that's J. Vernon McGee's opinion. But he certainly had
3: something to lose no by way. associating with Jesus, because Jesus had already drawn the line in sin unless the he was,
2: Unless he was being a spokesperson, a mediator
1: for the whole council,
3: the whole council. secretly. Well, and that's right. also
1: strategy. No doubt. You know, it's like the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. You know, so... It, you got to figure out your enemy, or right. what are they? You
2: know? But as far as the weakness thing, my thought is is that his weakness was his ignorance, and that he was ignorant of his ignorance. He didn't know he didn't know what he didn't know, if that makes sense.
0: It does, and actually, uh, I'm going to, like, spoiler alert. We might as well just go there now and kind sure. of con- converge. But uh, when he comes to Jesus, so um, they already have it up on the screen. So he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we, and right there he says, we know. We. He didn't say, I know. Right. He said, we know. That's, so there's a group there. Right. They're talking about this. This is a big deal. He's ta- they're all talking about Jesus. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform signs that you are if you were, um, if God were not with him. And then in the next verse, Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. So he answers Nicodemus But Nicodemus didn't ask a question. Right. Like, Jesus says, uh, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven unless you're born again. Nicodemus didn't ask anything about the kingdom of heaven, did he? He just said, um, you're truly sent from God. We've seen your signs. You must be from God. And Jesus replies about the kingdom of heaven, and you must be born again. So I think his weakness was what you said. He's ignorance. He... God, Jesus read his mind. Jesus, in his capability to do that, read his mind and knew what he came for. What he was probably really worried about was, am I in the kingdom? I'm way up here. I know I'm supposed to know everything that any man on this planet right. knows about religion, quote of the day, and and am I even in the kingdom? Do you think that that could have been what he Didn't came to even Jesus know
3: the for? the Simplest truth of the kingdom. So he knew everything about the law, but didn't know the simplest truth about a relationship with God. Right.
1: Well, and I, I looked at it not differently, but also sometimes an ignorance, an unknowing could be your greatest strength, too. So if you look at his motives is maybe like, is this who I've, you know, He he's the one that's there. There was 69 other Sadducees that could have been there, but he was the one that chose to go there. And I looked at it like possibly like he was the one that said there might be something to this Jesus and he's trying to find his way in, like he's not hanging, clinging to the old guard necessarily.
3: And there's, there's some reason to suspect that, and I don't know if we're going to go, that, go in the next section here, but there's a reason to suspect that Nicodemus was a little concerned about what it would look like for him to be talking to Jesus.
2: No, um, I agree with that. I, I, <clears throat> I'm just saying, it, it's not necessarily true, always that true, he was a scared true. chicken.
3: So when they sent somebody to, the San Sanhedrin, sent somebody to arrest Jesus in chapter 7 of John, and... And Nicodemus says, do we charge anybody before we've heard what he has to say? And then they turn to him and say, what, are you a believer of, of this guy too? And he's just yeah, silent. Yeah, he takes a chance that.
0: there. Like he definitely, it, it definitely shows that maybe he started out a silent follower, but he did speak up for Jesus in that no moment doubt. when they were trying, I mean, they were looking for heads to roll. Like they were absolutely, they were scared of Jesus. The relationship had turned really bad at this point they knew they were they were dealing with something that was shaking up their system and they didn't like it and they were definitely coming after jesus and he had the boldness to stand up and say in john chapter seven uh now now wait are we are we not going to have a hearing like we're gonna turn our own rules upside down here and not follow our own rules and and calls them out
2: and i'm gonna pick on one of your favorite guys these days uh John MacArthur, in his delineation of the arrest of Jesus, some 33 laws that the Sanhedrin ignored or absolutely broke the way they tried Jesus. I mean, it was you talk about a kangaroo court. Now, we digress, uh, but you know, this whole thing of um, what was uh, Jesus doing here, you've heard the expression, you've got to get them lost before you can get them saved. And and, I, and that's what Jesus that's was doing. Absolutely what right. he was
0: doing. And, uh, j- and in studying this, I did uh, listen to <laughs> more than my fair share of John MacArthur's take on this entire encounter. And that's what he was saying was Nicodemus was lost. And he knew he was lost. And he knew that this Jesus, whoever he was, he had to check it out for himself. Because I think deep down inside him, he's like, all these rules, what am mm-hmm. I doing? Am I... What it, what it, what, and that's what any man today would right. be thinking. Right. It, it requires that to get to Jesus right. even today. And it's a
1: humbling enough to bring yourself to that point. And that's why I, I say I think his ignorance is yeah. part of what drove him.
2: I wonder, too, if there's not a chance here that this was just a little bit of a pride thing. You know, we, we know that you're able to do these things that you must be from God. And so was he trying to find someone as his equal that he could talk to about God? You see what I'm saying? It's a thought. And, and, and even so, it, if so, Jesus just cuts him down, you know, in half. Right. Dude, you don't even know God. Because to know God, you've got to be born again. What? You know, you're talking about a mind-blowing... Born again? Enter
3: into the womb again? Right. Yeah.
0: And I'm still thinking, he had to be sitting there thinking... He just read my mind
3: right <laughs> literally yeah. he just
0: that's that's I, really what i, do, I that I is that is god. what i want to know that it's exactly i thought i
2: did know god you know so in that of.
0: moment i feel like he had to think like he has to be the savior because he knew exactly what, what I, I came I here for and i didn't even say it now granted this encounter could have lasted hours yeah and, and we get the highlights yeah, of no what doubt. is recorded no doubt um but but certainly that is communicating the main point um which is that he came to Jesus, and, and he had questions. And is this the only time we hear about Nicodemus? This uh, chapter 3,
2: well, chapter 7? Sh- and then, was it Nicodemus one uh, 19, uh, 19, of the, chapter 19, one 19. Of the Joseph, men that, that uh, helped get the Joseph of body. Rare, body? Yeah, yep. him yeah and Joseph.
1: he offered spices and incense. Yep. For the body. 75 he helped, pounds.
0: He helped prepare it's the a body, lot of money. and it was a traditional... He gave him a traditional Jewish burial for right. the day. And so mm-hmm. if... Here he was in the darkness and in, in private seeing Jesus, and then he speaks up in chapter seven. Well, here he's clearly exposed and out as a follower of Jesus. If he's preparing the body, um, the way it making would have making provisions
3: been. for his burial. Right.
0: All right, so we're gonna take a break there. Um, this is where we like to just lighten it up and do. I'm just saying, I have okay. a quasi decent. I'm just saying, sure. I don't want to embarrass you, Ben, but um. All right, so. Do it. Saturday night I am not a concert goer I am not fun on the level I am not you, a fun you
2: went to the guy who cannot sing didn't you <laughs>
0: I went my friend, uh, my friend in low places my friend in low places <laughs> the t-shirt to prove it we uh, we went to the Garth Brooks concert Saturday night and I'm not a hardcore Garth Brooks fan I just really wanted to see my friend and she had a cheap ticket and I was like yeah sure why not why I haven't not? done anything any even on that level for so many years why not uh and it was fine, I mean, I guess. And I was like, Come on, people, he's not he's not God. I mean, it was just kind of, it was a little, you know, it was fun. It's it uncomfortable
3: he's, there at yeah, some point. It was
0: it? it did, it got uncomfortable. Like we're not here to worship him. I, I got anyway it's maybe I'm getting Brooks. old. Anyway, uh Maybe I'm said getting that, old. It's That's gotta good. be more it. But uh so that was Saturday night. So Sunday morning we went to the first service. I don't know what happened at the second service, but Ben, you sing a hymn, just an old hymn. Loved it, a hymn I've heard my own father sing. Uh, and I came home, and I was like, you know, I enjoyed Ben Kingston in Lone Dell, Missouri, saying an old hymn on a Sunday morning more than I enjoyed Garth Brooks, you're a, a Garth rockstar, Brooks ben. concert. You made I'm the big saying, time. i You should thing. sell tickets.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm
2: telling you. The I, homecoming presented I, by Ben Kingston's ben And I'm, ben. I'm trying to remember the newest person that has come to that same level. They're singing right now. You know, Garth Brooks has had his day. You know, and don't, don't get me wrong, there's still people that will go hear him, but there's another singer right now, and I can't remember, but uh, those two people, if those two people can make a living,
0: anybody can. <laughs> anybody was, can. And that was part of my thought process, is how is this guy famous? Mm. And you know, you can't be normal. You can't be normal and come out in a stadium of 75,000 people screaming your name and singing all your song lyrics, and that, you can't be normal and be like, wow, yep, this is what I do on Saturdays, and I don't know, and just... Yeah.
3: I just don't remember uh, Barry Manil was a big singer when I was a kid. He writes the songs. And I heard that <laughs> he got a... The
2: young girls cry.
3: <laughs> got a double hip Her replacement.
0: I, right I didn't cry at the concert. <laughs> and the I'm guys not are walking young. So.
3: Yeah,
2: I just, go ahead, David. Sorry, buddy.
3: <laughs> I heard that he got a double hip replacement here a couple years ago. I was like, man, I am old. My, the guy that was the pop singer, I mean, all the he got, got a double hip got replacement. A double hip replacement.
2: Did he go back to the nursing home? <laughs> I
3: guess.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious.
3: <laughs> Did some time in New England. <clears throat>
0: So I'm how saying.
3: much water can come out of the sky, I'm just saying. Good grief. Yeah.
2: Well, you got mine. I'm just saying, when it rains, it pours. <laughs> <laughs>
3: and still
1: is.
2: And still is. That's something.
1: Yeah, we're going to need john boats instead of golf carts <laughs> <laughs> to go
2: through it. Uh, gondolas. Just, did you yeah. go to the river and see the Easter Walk? Yeah, yeah sure did. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, I hey. had an I'm just saying. I got two pitchers. Have, did you guys see this diver survives after being scooped up that in a whale's awesome. mouth so what? if the people can't see there's a second picture if you look yeah that is the man yeah Ooh. that is his legs
3: not his best so side so i'm
2: just that saying would be an awesome disney ride oh
1: goodness yeah. <laughs> so
2: jonah wait, wait,
1: wait, wait right here wait right here yeah so jonah and the whale is absolutely possible oh, this no poor doubt. guy just got scooped up and they said he got spit right back out. Oh, yeah. He kind of got caught on the side of the mouth. If that, mouth, if that whale would have got him full on, he'd been in the <laughs> belly. <laughs> so that's amazing with technology. You know, we're able to see those pictures now. So. Makes but, yeah, you wonder so. who
0: else has been swallowed I'm that we didn't that. catch on camera. I'm <laughs> just saying, yeah, that's,
1: that's another reason why I don't like the ocean. I bet he
3: had to get no wetsuit bottoms, <laughs> oh. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. There's something I'm just saying. So here,
2: here's my question. When that picture came out, did he turn to his wife and say, does that
1: suit so make him look <laughs> <in?
3: laughs> <laughs> You know
1: he did. <laughs> you know he did.
2: Uh, sorry, I just had to go there. And if he wasn't
1: there. a believer in Jesus, I hope he is now. Amen. Yeah. Well, I know. hope it's he's, he's Story of dipped into the Old Testament and wow. read through the minor but, but prophets. But think about that—if that was you, you are that guy now that could say, "I went through what Jonah went through." That's right. You know, there's not many people that probably mm. could say I've
0: that. Been in the, the other whales are whale. saying,
3: "You got something in your teeth."
0: Yeah. <laughs> Oh Oh, shoot! Dad joke. Well, yeah, (laughs) that is a total dad joke. (laughs) All right, we'll move on. So um, on to John, still still in John chapter three. Um, and we'll dive a little bit more into the story now that we've looked at Nicodemus and a little bit about who he is. So, um, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night saying, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. You should not be surprised at my sayings. You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with anyone, everyone born of the spirit. And Nicodemus continues on. How can this be? Um, so first, let's break this apart just a little bit. Uh, he comes to Jesus and calls him rabbi. Um, that was a very a term of high respect, very, very high regard. Um, and how many Pharisees came to Jesus, after all? I mean, how often in a positive light, how many people a positive light, came to?
3: Very few. He's, he's
0: yeah. the only Pharisee the only one, right. recorded in the Gospels that came to Jesus uh, to be to be a follower, to fulfill. I was
3: just looking for that. It was wasn't there just a few when in, in Paul's ministry, not not in Jesus' ministry, a few in Paul's ministry that was there were coming to him not in Israel, but when he was on one of his journeys. For some reason, that's sticking in my head.
0: Well, and maybe well, and in, in Paul's case too, he didn't come to Jesus either. Jesus came after him on Correct. the road to Damascus. Damascus. But this is this is somebody that came to Jesus in the day. Uh, I don't know if it's recorded in any of the other gospels, but certainly it's significant. The,
1: there is writings on it, but I believe it's in the Catholicism. It they it's the Gospels of Nicodemus or the Gospels of Pilate, but they said it was written in around 100 AD, so it would have been years after. Sure. We don't recognize it in our Bible. Sure. But you know, so there is more writings about him. It's just sure. how much credibility you put into it. Sure. Uh,
0: and so, in looking at the time of what's going on here. Uh, so there have not been, Jesus is performing miracles. There has not been miracles for how many, like 400 years. Right. There have been no prophets. No prophets. There's been no miracles. Silence. Nobody on the planet has seen miracles at the time that this is happening. Have, do you believe any of these Pharisees and, and leaders and uh, have they seen many miracles performed? Is that a common day thing? Is it, is it normal for them to see miracles at this point? this question? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so either.
2: I I, I think that that's another reason why uh, Jesus was the draw. You know, Jesus was the, uh, he was the bowling alley. You know, he he was the thing in the area wherever he was. He was the attraction. That's the word. He was the attraction.
0: And so if you back up into John chapter two, um, where Jesus cleared the temple. Now, did you, did you tell him how I said, it? I think it's a miracle. It was a miracle that he cleaned, cleared the temple. Did you I quoted my you
2: several times, Tara, but go ahead.
0: Well, let me just, I, I'm going to do Let's the research. You're going to have to hear about That's it. That's right. Uh, but I think this was a miracle when Jesus cleansed the temple because people listened. And this was, there are thousands of people. Like, I imagine this was like Disney World on a really busy day. Right. Price gouging and all. I, I mean, have, you've got people everywhere, I and they listened. It, it could have just taken one big burly man to wrap Jesus up and say, okay, buddy, right. calm it down. Let's get out of here. This is the Passover. This isn't how we do business th- here. Yeah, okay. we're yeah, the, the we're wrong, conducting yeah. business here, wrong bro. Roman
1: soldiers didn't step in. Pharisees Nobody sat, did. Nobody did.
0: Nobody, yeah. They listened. They all listened, and were like, okay, yep, let's uh, let's collect our coins here and get these doves out. I mean, <laughs> uh, they cleared yeah. it out. They listened to him. That had to be miraculous. Surely they that was witnessed by... Nicodemus he right. had to have seen that right. and then it says here in chapter two at the very end um, that many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name uh, so we know that while he's at this Passover feast surely he is performing miracles like a plenty uh, it, it, it's becoming a big talk um, and so Nicodemus probably saw these miracles um, everybody's talking about it and so now he comes to Jesus
1: yeah. and, and Pastor Ben you just said I believe it was last week that he had cured, or maybe the week before, he had cured every known ailment, you know, blindness, deafness, palsy, everything. So, and there's only so much of it recorded in the Bible. So, this would be a time that he could have just been pow, pow, people lined up just putting on a show.
2: Right. Yeah, no doubt. I, and I, I do believe that Nicodemus saw it, and I believe that that's probably part of the reason that he was, he was enthralled.
3: Maybe in the the video uh, archive of heaven, we'll see the the links here. So where was Nicodemus when this happened? Mm -hmm. Where was Nicodemus when Paul was involved with stoning Stephen? Mm -hmm. He was part of the Sanhedrin. That was a Mm -hmm. Sanhedrin council also, if I remember correctly, that uh, commanded the stoning of Stephen while he was testifying to them. So where was Nicodemus in that? Where was uh, Joseph of Arimathea in that? Where was their influence in that story? Probably an influence on... uh, Stephen, for sure, I'm guessing they, they had an influence on him, but it'd be really interesting to see the backstory of right. who's influencing who and what they saw and No doubt, the turn of events that came about.
0: And so Jesus' answer to him, to the question he didn't ask, Jesus' answer to uh, no question at all that he said, but he comes right out and says, um, how to enter the kingdom of heaven? And what does he say? How, how is that achieved?
2: Got to be born again. And isn't that intriguing? You, you, you've got to be born again. So, you know, you've been born once. We, that's obvious. You're standing in front of me. But to be spiritually reborn, you've, you've got to be born again. So, in other words, this is something that you cannot do for yourself. Right. It's got to happen to you.
0: And, like, I, I've had to think back to this. I've heard born again my entire life. Sure. You have to be well, born again. We're known
2: as the born again
0: Christians. Right, right. That is that is a term that we are very if you've spent any amount of time in church, you've likely heard that term.
3: Trivia question, who brought that to prominence in America? Oh. Uh, Nixon, the guy in Nixon's uh, administration. Uh,
2: well, okay, Billy Graham. Billy Graham is who I was gonna say, but yes. Isn't he the one that
3: won him to the yes, Lord? Yes,
2: Charles Colson. Charles Colson. Uh, was probably the first person that made it, you know, front page stuff. You know born again Christian
0: that was not always that was not always normal terminology It right. certainly would have been new terminology right. for Nicodemus
1: I always enjoyed the born once die twice, born twice, die once right and <clears throat> when I heard that the first time, that was a big moment for me, and you know, I kind of clicked
2: don't you think that verse four there that's a pretty respectable but also expected response, so you're telling me that I got to go back into my mother's womb. It's-
0: that's confusing. Well, I mean, this is his first encounter with Jesus, and right. he's probably thinking, "What? What is this guy?" I, I mean, he's—I'm imagining he's confused. The, like the, the
2: word "absurd," <laughs> you know, may have come to Nicodemus' mind. All right, you know, <laughs> I've just entered the twilight zone. You know, born again? Hel- help me, Jesus. You know, and so he does. Go ahead.
0: Well, I was just um, in studying this, and again, I'm gonna reference John MacArthur because now you've got me hooked on him, <laughs> Ben. Thank you for that. But He's a good start. Uh, he said the analogy to be born again is so perfect here because it represents something you can't do for yourself. Like, how much participation did you have in your birth? None. None. You had zero. You you. There is no control you had over your birth into this world physically. Nor is there anything that you can. No level of perfection. No amount of works. No, there's nothing you can do to be born again spiritually.
3: No location that's important. No uh, economic standing. No social standing. No titles. No print, No degrees.
2: You can ask Julie and Randy on that location. <laughs> it
3: does not matter.
2: <laughs> Randy it lost the truck.
3: When the baby's born. is that doesn't Sarah? A so, so, yes, and it's not something that you, you can c- control, and it does happen to you. But you are, and I, I struggle with whether this is accurate or not, but you become a spiritual being at that point. So is that another species? Uh, if you want to think about it that way, you're a different species. I'm not sure that's the right, right term, but you have another dimension to who you are uh, by being born in the Spirit.
2: Well, okay. So, so here's a question, um, and I'm curious what you heard from John MacArthur. What, what, what are you guys' opinion of the water and spirit? So, you got to be born of water and of spirit to come into the kingdom of God. What are those two elements, in your opinion?
3: So, water is the fleshly birth, is what I've I've been taught, and then the spirit is the adding to that. So, you have to be born of the water and of the spirit.
2: Right, because you got to be here. You know, so you are born of water, and that's referred because there is a lot of water involved. Uh, in a physical birth and such, actually, J. Vernon McGee doesn't believe that. And that was the first. It's the first time I've ever so, read that.
3: I'm not an expert. That's just what I've been taught. Oh no, because I'm, I'm <laughs> with
2: you. I, I've always referred to the water because some people try to make it baptism, and, and it's, it's not baptism. We we can prove that from scripture. It's not baptism. So what is it? You know, and most folks do. What did you get anything from John on that? Does he believe uh, that's... I actually uh,
0: had. Um an old book of my dad's is Dr. Yates. And uh, you can ask my husband, I got about two pages in, and I'm like, this is too much theology for me. (laughs) I went to nursing school, not the, I didn't go to seminary. (laughs) (laughs) Right on over my head. So I'm interested on your take on it as a pastor. I'd love to learn from you in this moment. Well,
2: so let's hear from Tom before I weigh in. I'm waiting to learn. All right, all right. (laughs) Well, I, I, I don't know that either one is necessarily wrong. Um, and, and honestly, it, later in the thing, uh, verse, uh, verse 8, uh, J. Vernon McGee says, I'm just going to tell you, I don't know. And it's okay and to say I'm that. are not the only one. Right. So. But, but in, verse, in verse 5, he believes, because there are a lot of references to the word of God being water. And so his opinion is, is that the water is the word. And of course, the Spirit is the Holy Spirit. Nobody in this room that has been one to Christ was one without God's word being shared to some level. Whether it's what I do on a weekly basis, Romans ten nine that if thou shalt come, come to the, you know confess to thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised from the dead thou shalt be saved. That's the word of God. You know. Well, and and doesn't the Bible say in Romans how shall they hear? You know, unless there's a preacher. Right. Well, what's he preaching? Yeah. The Word of God. And so uh, I'm is just telling you Jay Vernon McGee's case.
1: I, I looked at it um, a little bit, too. I think it's all speculation. Yeah, but, yeah no but doubt. But physical, fleshly life cannot exist without water.
2: No doubt. You know, and that is... And again, I think that's a fair... Right. I, I don't think it's necessarily wrong. Um, I, in, it's just interesting. I'd never heard anybody say that the water was the Word.
1: Well, in, in creation, you know, it says he hovered above the waters, and then he separated the two waters. Right. You know, so it's like it, water's a big deal. You, you bet. Know? And in all those descriptions, he was talking about earthly life.
2: Well, and it was interesting because when I read after Warren Wiersbe, he said that the water was physical birth, and then the Spirit, of course, the Holy Spirit. But then he went on to say it takes the Word of God and the Spirit of God to make a convert. You know, and, and Jay Vernon even went on to say it really takes three. It takes the preacher to preach it, the Word of God to be heard, and the Holy Spirit to call. You cannot come. I, this is far as in Calvinism as Brother Ben goes. I do I believe wholeheartedly that no one can be saved unless the Holy Spirit draws Amen. What did Jesus say? If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. How does he draw them? The Holy Spirit calls them. Okay. I, however, happen to believe that the Holy Spirit calls everybody. Yes. <laughs> you know, who whosoever will. May come. That's what uh,
3: blaspheming the Holy Spirit is. Right. Rejecting Him.
2: Yeah. Right, no doubt. Yeah, and that that is the unpardonable sin. We'll <laughs> talk about another topic. And that is the sin yeah. that will send you directly and to hell when How can you blaspheme you the
1: whole Holy Spirit if He does not at least attempt right. to get you? Another thing that's curious is just a, a scientific thing: is even though we know the formulation for water, we are still unable
2: to recreate it. They cannot make no doubt. sustainable drinking and water. And you guys are reminding me of so many good jokes. I'm hoping I'll get a chance to say <laughs> it.
3: Here's that verse. Uh, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they, they have, have not heard, heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher?
1: And in the Bible also for everybody who says, well, I'm not a preacher, so I get out. He says, you are a royal priesthood. That's and
2: right. And that's talking to the entire body. That's right. Every child of God is a proclaimer. And meant to be a proclaimer of the gospel.
0: And so this is Jesus, this is salvation, like John chapter 3 and of course we've got John chapter 3 16, one verse if anybody knows a verse in the Bible, it's John three sixteen, and he lays it out, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And I think Nicodemus coming to Jesus, uh, there was fear there. I, I really do believe there sure. was fear there. And I think that Anyone that comes to salvation in a, save, a saving experience has that fear of, I, I understand, like even when you talk about people in other countries that maybe have never heard the name of Jesus, they recognize there's, there is a creator, something created this. There's something, they recognize there is a call even to them. And I, I feel like with Nicodemus, he's, even though he knew everything he needed to know, he knew there was a Messiah coming. Um, he, he had that fear to come to Jesus and say...
1: Uh, I, well, the beginning of what? wisdom is fear of the Lord. You know? And with, with you saying, that that always reminds me of Helen Keller, which is a true story. Deaf, blind, mute. And when she learned how to communicate and they asked her about God, she said, I always knew he was there. I just didn't know his name. That, that answers everything for me, that he, he speaks to people in ways we can't understand. Right. You know,
2: the, <clears throat> this, this question is not always meant to be a trick but a lot of times it is you know somebody will say well you trying to tell me the you know person a native in a third world country that's never been talked to never heard of the gospel that God's going to send that person to hell and, and the reality is is that God doesn't send anyone to hell he you,
1: honors your wishes
2: send, he honors your wishes right but the what what Tom is alluding to there. Uh, Romans 1 and you alluded to it as well for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God has showed it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse so I believe with all my heart, and we, we've put all these together, really not even trying to, when that person, whoever they may be, whether they are in the Hong Kong high-rise in one of the most state-of-the-art areas of the world, or they're in the jungle in Brazil, Brazil, they look up and they go, this could not have just gotten here by no big bang. Right. You know, and of course, the native doesn't know to say that. Who did this? That's the moment that the Holy Spirit comes and lays it on somebody's heart in a church pew to go be a missionary. I believe it.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, become all things to all people. You know, and I think the Holy Spirit does that equally. He's not going to talk to me and you the same way he's going to talk to an aborigine. You know, so so God to them, we might not recognize that. It's still the same God, but you understand what I'm saying. He's going to meet people where they're at. But, you know, when he finds the heroin addict in an alley... We're not going to understand how he's going to talk to them, you know, but they understand him.
3: Or he'll supply somebody that can. Right. The Ethiopian eunuch had Philip show up and open yeah. the gospel to him and told him what he was reading. Good stuff. All
0: right. <clears throat> so we'll break there and uh, Ben's favorite segment. Uh-huh. Would gotta, you rather?
2: i got to pull it up here. You guys don't have one? I got nothing.
1: I got one and it was on the way over here because I'm terrible at these, but would you rather be in an absolute drought? like just crispy, dead flowers, brown leaves, or this?
3: This. this. Yeah.
1: I know, and it's terrible, because well, this is terrible. But think know. of all the flowers. It's going to be a gorgeous fall. But
2: I don't know. Ever since uh, the Green New Deal, I'm, I'm going to get some bumper sticker. I'm, I'm ready for the Brown New Deal. The Brown New <laughs> Deal. Yeah, let's just buy in. It's all going to die. Let's <laughs> just buy into it, man. Enjoy it while it's here, but it's going brown. I'm kidding Would you rather Did you answer that though would, What would you rather have Would you rather have yeah, a drought or i you rather have rain
0: Amen I'm I'm Me too a, Not <laughs> Much What My hair pays the price but,
1: uh. Let's just have a drought For three days in April That's There you all go asking. There
2: you go So
0: <laughs> Start praying for the Easter walks weather yes. Shameless amen. plug
1: Shameless yes.
2: plug amen.
1: I'm wearing God's ear out <laughs> Really you again <laughs> Come on
2: The uh, There's something else going on At uh, this time of year uh, it's called March Madness. Uh-huh. So would you rather watch a marathon basketball tourney or a marathon soccer tourney? Gavin? Oh, I'd
3: rather put a stick in my eye. Than, then than which
2: one? Either one?
3: <laughs> if you put the stick in there, I'd probably choose the stick.
0: <laughs> okay.
3: Three choices.
2: I'd rather do soccer. All
1: right. Yeah.
0: All right. I love basketball. Do you? I love oh, basketball, I do.
1: but... I just, I'd rather just if I had to marathon something. It'd sure. Soccer.
0: Well, it started for me. I just wanted to step into my son's world and stay somewhat relevant to right. to bo- to boy. I have boys, and I mean, I, and that's they're ball ju- And they, they do love sports, and I'm not gonna play video games. So uh, it started <laughs> with just that, and now I love basketball. Yeah. I do. I like even a professional team. Nobody judge me. I like <laughs> Thunder, and I enjoy I watching. Like yeah, I like, even watch, yeah. I I even like watch Oklahoma. I like Oklahoma. I watch some basketball. I'm Are you excited
2: about uh, the the NBA Finals or NBA uh, playoffs not yeah. having LeBron in it? Are you well, excited about that?
1: I was going to say something about that. I like seeing him fail because he, <laughs> said, I'm, he said I'm the greatest there is. I'm the greatest was and greatest ever will be, and the Lakers stink. <laughs> they stink. <laughs> they do
0: stink, yeah. That right, was, come before fall. So
1: it's like, yeah, so somebody that puts themselves on that pedestal that just falls from grace, I just – You know, maybe that's a Sid, but he's got billions (laughs) of dollars, so he'll get over it. Yeah,
0: I know. He has some money to fall back on. It'll be all right.
2: He'll make it. My dad used to always say, he'll cry all the way to the bank.
0: (laughs) All right. So our last and final topic, and uh, this has nothing to do with John that we know of, but it seems to always come back around. Um, The chapter, John chapter where that we're in, sorry. I should have been more specific there. Um, We were talking about... um, some of Satan's biggest lies that he tells us. So who we are in this moment in time is shaped by a lot of things. Um, our our home of origin, what we experienced growing up in our home, maybe even in our church, um, certainly our friends and things we encountered in school, and, and even as adults in the workplace or relationships and things. Um, but Satan loves to use as many of those things as he can to, to tell you a lie about who you are. And this is making us a little vulnerable to... to Put it out there, but um, the question is what is a lie that Satan has repeatedly told you about yourself that you have had to overcome or that you continuously work on? Does that make sense? Did I phrase that well?
2: In about six seconds after you sent that text, I knew what mine was going to be.
0: I couldn't pick which one. I, <laughs> I mean, that was
2: my only problem. Well, there's hey, some truth I there too. With that too. Tom, you got one. Let's hear yours first.
1: I do, uh, and I've alluded to this in the past. Uh, we've talked about dreams, and I think a blessing from God is he gives me dreams that scare me straight, you know, because I do things in these dreams, and I told you about one. You and Brother Steve caught me in the, this terrible situation, and it crushed me, and I woke mm. up. Well, and, and so I have these sometimes, and that's my scared straight program, and I thank God. But Satan constantly uses, and mine encompasses all, you can't keep this up. Mm. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. I'm just waiting on it, and it scares you, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, but I'll have them, and I think when I think about it a lot, I have those dreams about the things I'm afraid of failing on, and every day it gets easier, because it's like, well, you know, it's been about three years, I praise the Lord, I haven't cussed. You there know? you go. But the uh, three year and one day, because I saw a giant copperhead. But when I was like in the, in the field, I asked <laughs> God to forgive me for what I just said. But, you know, it's those little things. But, Caught me,
0: and I didn't have, a, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. Oh,
1: goodness, <laughs> yeah. There's, I said words <laughs> I didn't know i do. But, uh, but, yeah, so a constant fear of towing that edge, you know, you're going to mess up today. Mm. You know, and it's, but it's, it's a blessing and a curse because it scares you straight. Amen.
2: Yeah.
3: He's got two for me, and one, Just two of the two. main had, ones. Like well, th- these are the main ones, but one is a category that that kind of hits all of the others. Uh, one lie is if you don't, you fill in whatever in the blank, and, you know, where you feel like if you don't give up something, it's, it's proof that you don't love God, or if I don't sacrifice enough in this, I don't love God, and... His response back to me is, if you don't do this, I won't love you. That's a lie. There, there's no circumstance where God won't love you and won't care for you. Don't get me wrong, there's chastening. That's a sign of his love, though, too. Sure. Um, but if you don't put whatever you want in that plank, I won't love you or bless you. And then the other one is he, he lies to me about my character all the time. Now, I've got plenty of flaws, don't get me wrong. And he usually uses the latest evidence of my failure to tell me what a lowdown. Creep, I am. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and Brian's got some stuff too, so <laughs> some, some more uh, uh, material to work on. But it's usually when I've had a failure or something has happened to me that has made me feel um, rejected or, or unwanted. That's when he comes in and says, See, you're really not worth it. You're really not worth it. So th- those constant lies go on. I'm 55, I should be over that. <laughs>
2: Amen. Well, so this is a, an area that I love to look at and, and hear about and study. The Ephesians calls it the schemes of the devil. <clears throat> and, and boy, I tell you guys, if, if you can study up on what the schemes of the devil are, it, it will protect you, it will help you. you you'll, you'll start to see it. Oh my gosh, that, that's a scheme of the devil. And, and one of his favorites is to shove your head in a corner so that all you can see is that corner and then he tells you you're the only one that does this yeah. you're the only one that struggles with this
1: oh but but jesus gave us corinthians that's what, right you know no and, and and that that's what pulls me out of yeah, it. i don't mean to steal your center i don't mean to steal your thunder but yeah he does that to me too right. but it's like but what plagues you is common among all men and when that's that right. starts hitting you
2: well that's exactly right uh, and there's nothing new under the sun you know and the such so the lie that he always tells me is that no one knows. Hmm. You can do it. Nobody knows. I mean, tell tells and me And then he's the oh, first one to put oh, his you finger better believe. In your face it. Oh and my say, gosh. you low-down dirty dog. That's right. Sorry. <laughs> it's sad. So uh, here's, here's my <laughs> response to that. And, and in my humble opinion, this, this is some ammunition that you can use. Because, again, there's nothing common to man. The devil tells all of us these same things. You know, he tells all of us these, these lies.
0: And we do think we're the only ones. Like, right. surely I'm the only right. one that thinks like Go this, to CR. struggles like this. Right.
2: Yeah, no doubt. No, honestly, when you talk to a man you never get, it's
1: like, wow, you, you too? Really? Right. you, That, that, you know, it's like he just.
2: So number one, there is at least two people that know. Yeah. You and God. There's at least two people. And we could argue that just from your perspective, two of the most important people. As far as the beginning. Because we also know from God's word, we've, we've said this many, many times in this setting, God and others are the most important people to us. And that's what he asks us, asks us to do. So, number one, you're, you know, why don't you care? Why don't you care the damage that this sin is going to do to your life? Why don't you care that this little, quote-unquote, white lie or indiscretion that nobody knows about, why don't you care that it could disrupt your marriage, it could disrupt your mm-hmm. career, it could disrupt every, your health. You know? I'm at Lone at Pizza Hut. Nobody knows. Yeah. If I get eight pieces on my plate. Well that cotton picking uh yeah. what's that thing you stand on? Scale. 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 It'll Scale. know. <laughs> and then Tara'll know in six
1: months that yeah, she's got your chest. Right, that's off. right. And three months later <laughs> when I get my A1C. Bun, your, Dr. Your Turner, your Turner will know, yeah. <laughs> and, and, And that's my fear is that domino effect. I think about the things that I'm capable of that I could do in 20 minutes. And I'm like, I picture that domino effect and it's mortifying.
0: Yeah. Gavin has said it before. And Satan is so good at saying, you deserve this. Oh, yeah. And that, and I never thought of it. Be careful what you do after that. yeah.
3: After you say, I deserve this, be careful what you do.
2: That's usually right before I go to Dairy Queen. <laughs> I deserve this. And so Extra I passed it up today. Hallelujah. Praise Lord. Uh, the Lord. And then the other one is, is, you know, God. God sees it. God knows. And, and, and this is one of the scariest things. You're, you're making God be a part of that sin mm. to some level. Yeah. You know? And so why does that not bother you that, that God knows why does that not scare the you? you? The eyes of the Lord are not, not deceived. He just reminded yeah. me the other one mob.
3: that the devil tells me of. It's just telescopes off of that one as he lies to me about the character of God, too. Mm.
1: Well, uh, the, the eyes are eyes of the Lord are in all places watching good and evil. That's right. And, and we talked about that three or four weeks ago about knowing that he's in the room with us right. at all times. And you know, uh, uh, flashlight night at Iwana, uh, it made me think of what faith is. The, all the lights were off, and Brad asked us to pray. And I remember bowing my head and closing my eyes. I'm like I'm closing my eyes in the dark.
2: In the dark, yeah. That's respect.
1: Yeah, it that's is. That's faith. He's yeah, here. That's right.
0: So um, several weeks back, we talked about fear, and uh, I had to call in. <laughs> I was yet again uh, going into extra innings at work. But when I called in, I had I'd heard um, Jimmy Evans preach this about how Satan is always playing a DVD in your head about what's going to happen. Like he's playing a fear DVD uh, continuously um, of just something that this is going to happen to your husband, this is going to happen to your kids, this is going to happen to your career, and it's like a a DVD that's playing that's telling you a lie. And that was such a great analogy to me because I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what he's doing. I, I see that exactly. Um, and I and guess I'd much
3: rather talk you out of going into battle than battle, you. and when you go right. into your, what God's calling you to do.
0: And something you said about, um, if you study Satan's schemes enough, you'll begin to recognize him, but whenever you're, um, whenever you're really strong, he attacks when you're at your lowest, He attacks when you're at your highest. Um, there are certain predictable times. When, when you're down, he'll kick you even farther. But when you're up, and I've experienced this recently, the more I want to dive deeper and the more I want to do in, in the church and the more I, I have this idea and that idea and, and things I want to do here um, and in ministry, and then, boy, he comes at you even harder. Mm-hmm. I, and, and I can recognize it now, not to say that I have achieved perfection no, in combating and you, it. and you're never going to. But I can recognize, can like, this is, this is an attack. Um, and,
3: but you join in the battle not only... Starts the battle for you, but it encourages the people on either side of you too. Oh, no awesome. doubt.
0: So my uh, and I, I don't even know that I can pick just one, but I'll try. Um, is is the constant? Uh, you're you're not almost like Tom's, but you're not good enough. Right. You're you're not good enough. You're not the right person for this. You you don't have the right thing to say. You're not skilled enough. You're you're not enough, and you won't ever be enough. Um, in any, you know, and I and and. Listening to that lie, and I can look back to my gosh, even in junior high, being as far back as my memory will take me. I was like, "That's
2: the training ground for you're not good enough." Junior high, he's
0: been telling me this lie.
3: Do we have to pick him? Yeah, since the
0: pink thick glasses and the really spread apart teeth and bad bad haircut, and I mean, you know, just kidding. Although all those things are true, but uh, it's just. I can, as far back as I can remember, that's been a chronic lie that Satan has tried to keep me from doing things uh, for God, or even just to enjoy life. Just any kind of enjoyment, um, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Satan. If he can steal your joy, if he can destroy your ministry, destroy your happiness, uh, he's gonna do it. He's he's such a spoiler. I told my kids, I was like, this is the best way to think Satan. He's like that uh, team that has no hope to make it into the playoffs. But man, if they just don't want to wreck, they just want to wreck it for everybody else. Like, right. They, they want to just make it bad for as many people as they can because their hope is gone. Uh, and that actually made sense to them. And, uh, and that's what he's doing to us. And um, it's recognizing it. Um, what is it, a problem half, well stated, is a problem half solved?
2: That's right. That's but, right.
0: But
1: then, then comes the victory. Because when you say, get behind me, Satan, because you actually picture Jesus walking with you through those Every day you conquer and you beat him through Jesus. It, right. it emboldens you, that's and right. that does help. It,
3: it, I think one of the we mentioned fear here a couple times. One of the maybe one of the things that's holding back the the God's kingdom on in, in the United States is this idea of fear and how Christians live in fear and people who are not Christians see them fretting and worrying. Well, God's not enough. Right. Well, it, it, the, God's not going to protect you? Why, you? why are you worried about it? If, if we live our life in confidence and in, in a winsome way, I, I, I'm reminded of that scene in the movie Secretariat where she, everything's coming down on her, and she said, we are going to follow the Lord and re, rejoice in what we do with this horse, essentially, and forget about the consequences. If we feel like God's called us to something, rec, uh, you know, throwing off all caution, and if God's called you to it, If God's for you, who can be against you? Just, you know, let the natural expression of the Holy Spirit live in you in power, in sound mind, in a completely overwhelming sense of love, um, a a sense of graciousness, a sense of giving. That's rare in in our culture.
2: Let me tell you, too, because, you know, we're, we're Americans. We spend a lot of time in our car. Where you have your radio dial helps i agree i I cannot tell you this week between sunday and today how many times i've gotten in that car and it's been on 99.1 or 91.5 and i've heard something that i needed to hear they were singing a song i needed to hear overcomer you know and such of that nature and i i can't even remember now which application it was but i was going into something whether it was a hospital or whatever and that song, I mean, it just got me going. And it was what I needed. And, and so, you know, because I'm convinced that, that, you know, it was you that said that it's a DVD. The devil just plays it and plays it and plays it. He just keeps it repeat, repeat, repeat. And uh, the, I, I, this is so funny to me. There's a book. I can't even tell you where it's at now. I think I gave it to somebody. But I've never, never read the book, but the title alone has changed my life. Tell yourself the truth. Tell yourself the truth. And you can't tell yourself the truth if you're listening to the devil's lies.
3: Amen. Can't do it. Yeah, well, you can't uh, get over your old demons if you're still enjoying their company. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> so
0: so uh. you just made me think, in Deuteronomy, ew, Deuteronomy 6, 7, it says, Impress them on your children. Talk yep. about them when you sit at home, when you walk yep. along the road, when you lie down, and when you get back up. And I, I heard a sermon on this where it said, um, What is he saying there when you... When you when you leave, when you come, when you go, when you rise up, when you lie down, when are you attacked the most? When you're in your car, when you're on your way, when you're when you wake up and you're alone, when you lie down at night when you're alone, your your thoughts are most attacked then. And he's saying, teach your children um, scriptures when, during those times when you're most likely first thing in the morning before you start your day, when you lie down in bed, when you're alone in your thoughts, when you're. Um, driving in the car and you're alone in your thoughts. This is teach these scriptures, get them imprinted in your mind. Teach this to your children, but do it yourself too.
3: I don't know if you're old enough, Tara, to know, but when I was a <laughs> kid, there was no, <laughs> well, there was no gospel station to to speak oh, of, and no, no gospel music. It's like God so I was listening raised to Garth
0: Brooks, a, clearly.
3: And, and <laughs> uh, yeah, how about Hank Williams? Uh, got, uh, Don Williams, Hank Williams, uh, you go back another generation, that's where I was listening to. That's where I got my concept of marriage from a country <laughs> music song. It tells you, I'll pray for Denise. Uh, but but I, I just feel like God has raised up a generation of music artists Amen. for this time uh, for us.
2: What would, th- what, what would we do without Chris Tomlin? Mm. <laughs> And okay. men like him, oh, my. and women like him. I mean, that guy has Warren pumped out some. Hey, yeah, just, Warren Daigle.
0: Do you know that uh, Chris Tomlin is the most sang artist in the oh, world? No doubt. Uh, he has on any on any given week, he is the most of all the artists that I don't know who does these surveys of things, but more people. Sing Chris Tomlin's music, most likely in churches and right. events like that, than any other artist I on the it. planet. And yeah. he's singing right. Christian music. Isn't Amen. he coming in
2: this area, the Holy Roar Tour? Do yeah. I have that right? That Seems like so. so. There you go. I, I
1: had a real quick uh, blessing. and I was going to share it with you the other night, and I gave you the out. You didn't have to call me back. But I was uh, <laughs> I was putting the signs up at BP, and two guys pulled in, and they were bikers, tattoos up the neck, just rough as you can get.
2: Probably and then, uh, youth directors at a church. Well, they,
1: they, they were, uh, we'll just keep no, go going. Ahead. I'm sorry. And, and so I was like, they were watching me, and I'm like, I'm waiting on, here comes the heckling, yeah. you know? And so I was walking back to my car, and I heard them talking, and they were talking about the signs. And I was trying to hear them, and the roughest of the two said, oh, you know, so-and-so, he got saved at that church. And, and I was like, like, yeah, man. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. That's they were awesome. talking Listen. in a positive light, and they knew somebody that was saved here. And I was like, that, that's awesome. You and know, it, that, it that's the awesome. hands I had and Same experience, Jesus. but a little different. It was amazing. Guy, it,
3: guy was witnessing to me at, K, at K's. Yeah. And I thought he was a method. He was walking around and he goes, hey, you know Jesus loves you, don't you? I was like, I thought he was I, a method. I, I really do the way enough. he was doing I mean, my, it. My fleshly self was like, wow, I'm going to be careful. <laughs> he came up and said, you know Jesus loves you, don't you? And and you're amen. Like, I said, Dude, yes, as a matter of fact, know I that. do. That. Yeah. Now and I he loves you too. To Did you know that? Yeah, and yeah I can so right I we'll consider
1: in. others better than you yeah. saw. <laughs> <laughs> Amen.
0: All right. Thank you guys for coming. We'll be back next Wednesday.